0: that's the power of love right there Mike Macknick and John Lee with you here from J. Tom Wallerink. With the score is one-to-one, Merrimack and Notre Dame at the end of the second period of play. Folks, this second intermission is brought to you by Merrimack Graduate Studies. At Merrimack, you can earn your master's degree in as little as one year. Choose from graduate programs in business, education, engineering, health sciences, criminology, and so much more. Visit merrimack.edu backslash graduate today for all the details. One-to-one, our score here after two. First of two games this weekend between Merrimack and 13th ranked. Notre Dame, Mike McMahon joins us from the TheMacReport.com and uh, Mike first period I thought uh, good start for Notre Dame in the first period uh, Merrimack then came on strong after the first couple of shifts for Notre Dame uh, played well much of the rest of the period got that goal on the power play, second period I thought though came out first ten minutes maybe their best stretch of the night uh, Not nothing to show for it though and then Notre Dame is able to tie it up later.
1: Yeah, I thought same thing as last week, first period has been their best period the last two games um it's the type of start you want. You can think of another couple of nice points where they got the puck to the middle of the ice and, and created a chance for themselves. I mean, the goal, right? I mean, Hampus Gustafson goes to the net with the puck. you got two guys crashing the net with their bodies, and it ends up in the back of the net. I mean, that's that to me is the type of goals that, that, that these, this team is going to be, need to score more of as they get deeper and deeper
0: in the second half. Now, I want to ask you about something that John and I were discussing during the broadcast there. So this team scored two power play goals now in the last two and a half months, okay? Look at the two goals that were scored, right? Not your convention conventional power play goal. Usually, usually conventional thinking for many years has been that the offense wants to get in the zone and set things up. And if you're the defense, you don't want to let them set things up. And I'm thinking, well, gee, looking at the way things are gone this year, if you're the defense, you want Merrimack to come in the zone and set up because you also have a chance to set up as a defense. You have a chance to get yourself ready in position of what you want to do. And uh, and that both of their goals, at least, over the last couple of months have come on non-traditional power play type of plays. First Tampa scores against Northern, uh, Northern Michigan uh, on a play. Up the right side, he gets he gets a step on his man, cuts inside, and scores. And then the play that were, that happened tonight, where a good burst of speed uh, across the blue line, and they're able to get a goal out of it. Absolutely. I, I mean, at this point, I think I said this
1: a couple of weeks ago, too, uh, or I may have written it, you know, at what point if you're Merrimack you just start abandoning the whole power play set thing? Just start throwing pucks on net. I, I mean, treat it 5-on-5. Five five. I mean, at that point, I mean, treat it like a 5-on-5 five five set. Get pucks here, get bodies, do whatever you need to do. Uh, I think, in fact, the example I used at the time was, was at what point do you utilize the Penn State strategy of just throw everything on net? I mean, if you look, if you don't know, you look at Penn State stock totals this year, they're averaging almost 50 shots on goal per game. They just throw the puck in the net. It's what they do. It doesn't matter where they are on the ice. They put the puck on net. I've seen them play on, on uh, television a couple times this year. That's just all they do. <laughs> and it's resulted in, you know, about three and a half goals a game. Uh, it, it doesn't matter how they go in, right? I, I mean, especially for a team that has struggled to score goals. That's the thing. You know, you look at their goals per game. It's a 2.2 for, for Merrimack. And that, that is, I, I think, below the national average. And They're, they're obviously struggling to score goals. But uh, if they're better on the power play... Naturally, it's going to help that that number come up, you know. If they were a, Notre Dame's a 20% power play team, I think, coming in or right around 19, they don't have to be that good. If they were a 15 or 16 or 17% power play team this year, instead of, you know, hovering around 10 or a little under 10, you know, they might be nearing 2.4, 2.5 goals per game, but now, you know, you're, you're getting up there at 2.5. Cornell's only averaging 2.7, and they're a team that is top 20 in the pair-wise, if not top 15
0: talking with Mike McMahon from the themacreport.com, and uh, Mike, you also had an interesting look at maybe some guys who are perhaps ready to break out for the Warriors over the second half of the season, and we saw one of them nearly score a goal there near the end of the period in Sammy Tavernier. Yeah, I mean, that was a nice shot. I mean,
1: you look at the, he leads a team with shots on goal. I know he had 51 coming into this game, and uh, it, it, the number of chances he's created, it's amazing to me that he doesn't have... Eleven or twelve points at this year, at this point in the year, as a freshman, he's got four. Uh, but you know, he, you look at the way he plays and what he does with the puck, and he should at least have six, seven goals, and, and maybe you know the same number of assists at this point in the year. Uh, he's a guy that I think is is so skilled and, and makes plays like he made at the end of the second there. So many times over the course of a game that he's bound to break out at some point. I think he's snakes bitten a little bit. His shooting percentage is, is three or four percent. That's that, that's it's not going to be long-term with a guy like that. You know, at some point, that's going to get better. Uh, and, and if you believe in statistics and everything sort of comes back to the mean at some point, he should go and a run here because it just, he's creating too many plays to, to, to be this unlucky over the course of the season. Who else should we keep an eye on? I think Jason Henning played really well against Cornell, and I think he's played well here tonight, too. Uh, and, and then there's other guys that just always find themselves around the net. You know, Matt Tibbett is around the net so many times uh, that you think at some point you know, it's going to result in some more scoring for him. Same thing I would say with Michael Babcock. Uh, Ludwig Larson is another guy I mentioned just because he's healthy again. Uh, and, and you've seen he made a nice play in the first period, too, to get the puck to the net, the one in the middle of the rink. Um, and Crystal Blank, another guy who was hurt and is now healthy again, who I think has stepped up his game. He had a nice play there at the end of the second as well on a puck that was going through the middle of the ice and he sort of redirected off the backhand blindly. I don't even think he really, you know, he had his back to play. It was a nice play to get the puck directed towards the net. So uh, th- with those two guys healthy, I-, I think that they could have big second halves. And then those guys like a, like a Tibbet, like a Babcock that are just always around the net, you know, you know, you got to believe at some point, even Tyler Irvine too, uh, you got to believe at some point that's going to result in some rewards for
0: them. Shots 29 to 17 here in favor of Notre Dame through two periods, but the score is 1-1. The, those numbers, first of all, uh, almost a two-to-one margin in favor of the Irish. Maybe a little bit deceptive
1: tonight. Yeah, I think so. You know, it doesn't feel that way. Yeah, I think the game's been fairly even. I mean, I think Notre Dame is in the better of the chances, but I thought they did a really good job of keeping a lot of those shots to the outside in the first period, and that's why you know you look at the number of shots and, and there's a little bit of a disparity, but uh, it feels like a pretty pretty evenly played game, and I think in part that's because they've done a uh, Merrimack has done a pretty good. Job of keeping most of those shots pushed to the perimeter or above the tops of the circles. Uh, but when Delia has been tested and he was tested there at the end of the second, uh, he's looked pretty good. I thought that was a really smart move for them to use the timeout there with 37 seconds left, not able to get the change because they put the puck over the glass. And that was probably Notre Dame's best best push of the period, uh, and they needed a change and they got it because of the timeout. But Delia made
0: some nice saves there too. You know, speaking of Delia, last question here before we let you go. Uh, we may end up chatting with you tomorrow night as well, but uh, interesting situation I think to be in here. And- as both uh, Dealey and Vogler played well. Vogler played very, very well in Having, having, had to see a lot of action, including when Dilly was hurt. But Delia now only giving up the one to Cornell on one that was, uh, you know, virtually impossible for him to do anything about. Uh, and then giving up the one, only the one goal here so far. Assuming that the game ends somewhat like this, you know, and he has ends up with another good night tonight. What do you do tomorrow night? Come back with him, or do you go back to Vogler, who now hasn't played for a couple of weeks?
1: Yeah, that's a tough decision. <laughs> you know, I, I think you come back with Delia. I think with goaltending, a lot of times you got to ride the hot hand. Uh, he's playing well. I mean, if you think about. It, but I said it to somebody down the other end of the press box here. Uh, and one of them was off of his own back after the shot hit the crossbar, but the only two goals he's allowed the last two weeks were essentially own goals. I mean, one came off his own defenseman, one came off himself after it hit the crossbar. Uh, on a breakaway, though, I mean, there's nothing you can do about that if you're the goaltender. The guy comes in all alone, puck hits a crossbar, a really hard shot. It uh, comes back and directs off the back of his arm as he's trying to fall back and cover it. Um, yeah, I mean, he's looked, I thought he looked sharp on, against Cornell. Uh, and, and maybe didn't stick out as much because of the low number of shot totals Merrimack held them to. I thought he was really good tonight, especially late there in the second when Notre Dame was really starting to push.
0: Alright Mike, thanks a lot as always. We appreciate it, especially jumping in here at the last second. We'll talk to you again soon, maybe tomorrow. Sounds good, thanks. Alright, that's Mike McMahon from the macaportcom and also the Eagle Tribune and College Hockey News. Score at the end of two is Merrimack one, Notre Dame one. We're back with more right after this. This is Warrior Hockey.